2: Well met fellow adventurers we are once again Sir Crokington and we are on the trail of the Iron Skull The Shattered Skull Part 3 Blade Square Okay but when does it shatter? Was it shattered while we weren't there? In defiance of the Twithyx well known and much despised curfew you find yourself lurking beneath the cover of night in the deep gloom of Blade Square. Let us begin. In the middle, in the bustle of midday in Blade Square, the bustle of midday in Blade Square is enough to make your head spin, The din from the crowded market that dominates the center of the broad quadrangle is almost unbearable. As merchants and customers distract transact their business at nearly the exact spot where the city's four largest thoroughfares collide. You're making your way steadily through the square towards its western arch when you suddenly spot someone moving up to your left. Wary that the bearded man who's stealthily approaching you could easily be one of the many street views that browse the city, and particularly places like Blade Square, you turn and acknowledge him with a curt nod. Much to surprise, he returns the gesture. Remaining on your guard, you stop walking and turn to face the man, whose head bears a feathered cloth cap. He draws up to you, tips his hat, and bids you good day. You're about to tell him you've no interest in anything he might attempt to offer you, when he says something that nearly causes your heart to skip moment of your time, if I may, he says, looking back nervously over both shoulders. I have some news you might find your liking. If you're interested in the iron skull, that is. I am! The mention of the iron skull by the man. man you took for a common street thief catches you off guard and leaves you fumbling for a response. Not wishing to sound overly eager about subject. Oh, buckle! I've, I've, I've ruined that. I've, I've just said I'm... A, I've just ruined that. I'm very eager about it. You ask the man what he knows of the skull. Such information doesn't normally come kind of cheap, he says. But you happen to have helped a dear friend of mine out of a tight spot. Consider this repayment for that favour. You aren't certain and you don't ask. But believe he is throwing to the archangel spy, Finfoot. The man in the feathered cap glances around nervously and then leans in close. The woman who possesses the skull is seeking to be rid of it, he says. Immediately, your thoughts turn to the woman in the tattered cloak that Spike Fist, the goblin chief, had mentioned, and Huron believed he knew. She's been trying to fence it here in the city. but is isn't anyone willing to take it. There's been an unsavoury lot asking about for it, asking questions that get attention in the wrong sort of way, if your father. You ask the man if he has seen the skull, and if he can be certain that the woman he mentions is still in possession of it. I have not seen it, he replies, though I have no reason to doubt her word. I look upon this as an opportunity to solve two problems at once. She wishes to be rid of the skull? And you wish to obtain it. Quite simple. You ask the man if he knows where you you can find the woman who is in possession of the skull. Although, even though he already certainly does, he nods and tells you that he is, in fact, approaching you on her behalf. She wishes to sell you an artifact. You may meet her tonight in... He made me in, we might in, right here, in Blade Square. He says, step close to you, she wants twenty-five thousand gold for him. I've got that. My advice to you, my friend, with all due to respect, is to bring the gold and attempt no tricks. He asks the man what the woman's name is, and he shrugs his shoulders in response. There are few names given in this line of work, he says. Those that are tossed about are always false. She's never offered me her name, and I know better than to ask midnight tonight. Before you can ask anything further, particularly about the unsavory lot you mentioned when asking around for the skull, the man glances around and darts off into the crowd. You sigh and head off to Blade Square. Deciding it best to try to get some rest before your upcoming late night excursion. The half hour preceding midnight finds you lurking about Blade Square, undertaking a lonely vigil, as you warily await the arrival of the woman woman who the fe- who the feather Captain Wope said would meet you. All the while you suspected the entire arrangement might be nothing more than a devious tra- trap, but it is a risk you are willing to take. The mere chance of getting your hand on the iron skull and surprising Huron honour with its sudden and unexpected return is an opportunity you are indeed loath to pass up. A deep chill has descended upon Twythick with the setting of the sun so far this frigid evening the usually frequent guard patrols have been few and far between is that a coincidence or is perhaps perhaps some people in these bodies are passing just there's some money here And by the way, I would like it if you were to patrol this place less tonight. Just saying it, and there's this money here. There's no connection between the two. I have this desire, and there's this pile of money. No connection. No connection between these two things at all. But, perhaps, if certain things were to happen, by another coincidence, another pile of money might appear. As I say, it would be a coincidence, but it could happen <laughs> or something like that. Yes. Despite this favourable turn of events, you remain alert and cautious, not eager to be found out found out in violation of the city's curfew. Well, although it's probably not such a big deal for me since I'm since I'm best friends with the Thane. Which is always always a handy thing to have if you ever get in trouble with the law. Well, well city law anyway. I presume he couldn't really do much if it was kingdom law. You're beginning to think that perhaps the wonderful is not going to take place when you catch sight of a thin, dark figure moving furtively along the edge of the buildings that flank the opposite side of the square. The figure pauses at the mouth of a narrow alley, and then suddenly turns and starts across the quadrangle towards you. The person draws closer. The reserve which is a woman, garbed in a tattered brown cloak. Okay, this is probably who we're looking for. The slight woman draws up to you and nods, casting more than one glance back over her shoulder, as if she believes she might have been followed. Short sword dangles from a worn leather belt that circles her midsection, and a leather back hangs on on the other side. You return her nod and ask her if she has bought the iron skull. You alone? She asks, her eyes darting to your left and right as she scours the shadows behind you. You nod in response. Good. Let us be. Let's be done there for this. No liking for breaking curfews. The woman, who makes no mention of her name or yours, seems agitated and curious. You have difficulty believing it's the curfew that's causing such a profound sense of urgency. Have you the gold, then? 25,000. Let's have it now. This must be done quickly. You know what? Considering all these unsavourable people wandering around, I probably don't want to waste the time. Time, time... Negotiating the price or kicking up a fuss. And if I attack her, well, that's just a perfect time for someone to sneak attack on me, isn't it? I just pay the 25,000 gold. No messing about. 25,000 gold is spent. Woman accepts your gold and promptly reaches into her bag, tied to her waist, and produces the iron skull. Whew. It wasn't a scheme. She looks over the skull for a moment and hands it to you. This is it, the Iron Skull. This human-sized Iron Skull is the valuable artefact was stolen from the Archmage Euron by the arcane spy Thinfoot. You acquired the strange item from the woman in the battered brown cloak in Blade Square in Okay. Now let's quickly get this back to you on before anything else happens. Can't say I'm sorry to see the end of that, she says, mentioning, mentioning with her head in the direction of the Iron Skull. If you want some, some good advice, friend, I would tell you to leave the city at once. There are others who want this, that thing, others far less reasonable than the two of us. If you value your life, mind what I said, and leave here tonight. You ask her who it is that is after the skull, and if they have already tried to acquire from her. You also ask her if she was the person who obtained the skull from Spikefish and his goblins. Old Huron has gone to no small trouble to track this piece down, she says, a faint smile breaking into her face. I would have sold it back to him myself, if he didn't already know my face, or if I thought I might ever reach him alive. For all that you have asked me, my answer is, yes, now, go, before you regret your delay. With that, the woman in the tattered brown cloak turns and darts off into the shadows and is quickly lost from sight. You're bullying over our parting words, when the sound of footfalls from the streets behind you sends your pulse racing. You turn around slowly, half expecting to find yourself facing one well, of the city's notorious, woving nightly guard patrols. What greets your eyes, however, standing silent in the shadows behind you, makes you wish your expectation was closer to the mark. No more than ten yards from you, at the edge of a deep gloom that hangs in the perimeter of the quadrangle, stand four women. Three of the women. Each wielding short swords and clad in leather tunics have formed a rigid line in front of the fourth. Those black tunics, short cropped waven hair, dark eyes and thin drawn face give her an eerie, sinister appearance. She steps forward, passing between two of her sword wielding cohorts, regards you with a solemn nod. You look as if you're gazing upon the demon itself, she says. Have you ever heard appearances can be deceiving? In this in this instance I can assure you they are not. I can be a friend or a foe, but that is largely dependent on whether I get whether or not I get what I want. You boldly ask the woman what it is she wants, though you fear you already know the answer. She frowns and slowly shakes her head. There are no fools here, yourself included, she says. I've no patience for your games. What you have is mine and of little use to you. I will have it now. Give me the skull. Instinctively, you refuse a demand and stow the iron skull safely amongst your possessions. Perhaps there is a fool among us yet. She says, her voice laced with anger. Kill it! And take it! The three men assume combat-ready stances. And the leftmost of the trio springs forward to engage you. Prediction blade with the unmistakable skill of a master swordsman. Swordswoman, even. Although, she also has some skill of a master swordsman, because it's the same skills. Begin combat. Well, right. murder is the only option. The master swordsman slashes at you with her blade. And I stab with my dagger. My quick stab dagger for quick stabbing. And it is slain. And she is slain. 21 XP. The second swordsman rushes in for the left, leaping over the body of her slain cohort as she swipes down on your head and tries to chop me in half. Master Swordsman one second Alright Slashes at you with a blade. Ooh devastating blow for twenty eight damage Oh no I've got a chunk taken out of me I need my chunks I keep out slaying twenty two XP The third of the final swordsman leaps into wane striking out you with the precision and grace of a true master. You struggle to fend off her opening volley of blows before mounting a counterattack. Master swordsman, third and presumably the most skilled of the three, and even when you know all three of them were alive, she was still the most skilled. Begin combat. The master swordsman slashes you with her blade, devastating blow for twenty-four-seven damage. Ooh, I do. I wall a twenty, do thirty-nine damage. Very nice. Oh, another devastating blow for twenty-three damage, and is slain. Thirty-eight XP. The last of the three swords masters topples to the ground at your feet and expires. Stepping back from her bloodied corpse, you turn and face the waving-haired woman, silently challenging her perceived might with your steely gaze. Suddenly, the remains of the slain swordswoman begin to twitch. You watch with mounting horror as so the three masters of the blade stagger to their feet and swiftly retreat and draw into a line in front of their master. It was just raised them from the dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing about working for a necromancer, they're not all that keen on health and safety. Because if you die... They can still make you work for them. You immediately realise you are in the presence of a powerful necromancer. Which means this is someone I definitely do not want to get the Iron Skull. You needn't look upon my faithful servants with such revulsion, she says. The left side of her mouth pulled up into a sinister half grin. You are no stranger to this dark arc. Do not pretend otherwise. The necromancer st- mumbles something, and at once the three undead swordsmen, swordswomen start forward, their lifeless eyes fixed on you. The gruesome trio rapidly advances upon you, maintaining a rigid formation as they close close in for the fill. Fear the kill. So I have two options available to me. To me now, fight or flee. If necromancy was seventy plus, I could use that, but it isn't. So I can't. Admittedly, I could. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to quickly back. I'm going to quickly quit the game. Level up necromancy to level seventy. So we can see what happens. Because you want to see what happens. I want to see what happens. And, and we've got 300,000 general experience. What's that for? If not spontaneously leveling a skill. So you can see what happens. That's exactly what it's for. Alright. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit right now. Alright. Time. Time to level up necromancy. Powers, necromancy, train. Alright. Alright, that used about 30,000 of my general experience. It will come back soon enough. And now, and necromancy is, oddly enough, the first of my powers to reach 70. Because it's the one I threw loads of general experience at. Now to save. Now let's just quickly quickly make our way back to Twithic and explore the city, Blade Square, Ventures. Here we are. Everything's gonna go everything's gonna go the same the same as before. I got help from the guy, because I helped Thinfoot. Thin yep. Alright. Here comes the lady. Pay her 25,000 gold. And, okay. Just going to quick combat these Master Swords women. 21 experience each. Oh, alright, right. 22 for the second one. And then 38. Alright, now to use Necromancy Level 70 Plus. You know, to just go, hey, you go back to being regular dead. Alright, let's use it. Succeeded. 64 experience to Necromancy. The three undead swordsmen quickly halt in their tracks, calling upon your formidable powers of Necromancy. You've managed to overturn the command... ...given to the by, by the Iron Master... ...whose cool eyes now blaze with hatred. The Necromancer curses at you... ...as she tries to weaken... ...gain control of her undead minions... ...but appears unable to do so. So are they going to attack her... ...or are they just going to... ...stop working? Suddenly... ...the Iron Skull... ...glows white hot and in a panic you cheer it from among your belongings and cast the weighty object to the ground. A sharp, splintering sound fills the air as two broad cracks appear on the surface of the artefact. You turn to face the neck, mensa and are dismayed, but not surprised, to see her white hand outstretched towards the skull. A thin band on her wing finger glows bright white. The splintering sound rises in pitch, With a sudden, loud crack, the iron skull shatters. So that's how the quest, the saga, got its name. Sending three equally sized shards soaring in different directions. One of the shattered fragments catches you in the leg and falls to catches you in your leg and falls to your feet. You quickly lean down and retrieve the fragment at your feet. With the shards safely in your possession. You turn to face the Necromancer and note, with great dismay, that the leering sorceress has just picked up one of the shards. The other lies to your right, About 15 yards away. Okay, let's rush to it. This. Okay, I've got an iron skull fragment. This is a jagged fragment of the human-sized iron skull. The valuable artifact was stolen by the Archmage, stolen from the Archmage Huron, the arch spy Thinfoot. You acquired a strange item from the woman in a tattered brown cloak in Blade's Grand It You were shattered. Shattered during your encounter with the Necromancer just after you retrieved it. <sighs> so close. Alright, but now I've got to get the other two pieces. You have stepped in your own Grave," growls the necromancer, her face twisting into a frightening scowl. "I'll enjoy raising your corpse to do my bidding, not if I raise your corpse first. Until we until next we meet, she places the fragment of the skull she holds into a bag slung at her side, produces a tall, ornate scar staff. The raven-haired. The waven-haired mage taps the butt of the waist- weighty instrument against the ground at her feet and almost immediately begins rising into the air. Perhaps you can explain to them how the bodies of three women came to lie in the square with you. She calls co- she down to you as she rises up out of sight into the black, star-filled sky. Her use of the word them sends your pulse wasting and only a moment later you hear the sound of heavy footfalls on the northern edge of the quadrangle. You snap your head in the direction of the sound and spot four guards entering the square from the north. Realising that to be caught here in violation of the curfew, with the bodies of three people stood about the ground, could easily earn you a sentence of death, you quickly attempt to determine your best course course of action. Suddenly, one of the guards comes out to you, ordering you to halt. His, his comrades lend their voices, echoing their command. The angry shouts carry across the square. The four men start swiftly in your direction. Okay. I've got some options. And this is not a situation where you can talk it out so i can attempt to escape from the guards but i could use, use do that using feathery illusion telekinesis elementalism or gating hmm. i really can't choose what does random.org tell me to do i'm going to ignore the fir- i'm going to ignore the the bottom one all right 3 it's the middle option. It's telekinesis. Probably ever seen that before. Failed. Well, well, we're not going to see what happens there. Having failed in your attempted action, you have now no choice but to try and flee from the guards. You attempt to evade the four guardsmen, picking a number between one and one hundred. Bonus of seventy-six. 20 from agility, 18 from body, 10 from spirit, 10 from luck, 18 from fevery. So pick now and let's just see what happens. 122. You skillfully evade the city's guards, dodging into the shadows that line the edges of the square and becoming lost from sight in the gloom. Well, that was handy. The four guardsmen, who are actually mercenaries, in the employ of Thane Porand, who is my friend... Which would probably help, help sort smooth things out. Especially when Huron could probably be spend... straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was searching for the skull as necromancers. It's, it's a messy business. You make, make a half hearted search for you throughout the square before turning and heading off to the north. From your hiding place, deep in the gloom on the far side of the quadrangle, you watch in dismay as the last of the four guards suddenly leans down and retrieves the remaining fragment of the iron skull. The young man slips it under his tabard and then hurries to catch up with his comrades. Oh dear keeping yourself a safe distance from the group of guards. You follow along behind them, sinking through the gloom-laden streets as the men make their way deep into the city's northern quarter. There, the men step into a tall stone tower, which immediately recognises one of the many guard bastions located throughout the city. The heavy wooden door that faces the street closes behind them, as the boisterous greetings from their fellow guardsmen sail out from the lower windows of the structure. You silently curse your misfortune. Only a short while ago you hold in your hands the iron skull that you and so desperately streaks. Now, the artifact lies in three shards, and only one of the fragments is in your possession. The necromancer has one, and the other now lies somewhere within the guard tower you realise you must somehow retrieve the other two shards of the skull, while at the same time taking care not to fall victim to the necromancer, who you believe will stick at nothing to acquire the missing pieces. Although, hmm, how damaging is just the third of the skull? It might actually be the best for everyone if the skull just stays shattered. But... Uh, you know, we'll, st- we'll, still- we'll still have the necromancer running around trying to get it. So I guess it's probably for the best just to get it away from those guards so they're not a target. As you crouch in the shadows against the wall of the stable just across the way from the tower, you wonder how you might communicate this turn of events to the Archmage. Or perhaps it's better that he not yet know what has transpired here. Fearing that some of the guards may soon leave the tower and resume their patrols in enforcement of the Thane's curfew, cautiously move off to the south as your mind turns over the several finer points of this newfound dilemma. Okay, and that ends this quest with 128 experience to general. Alright, let's go to the city gates and save. Alright, which means that XP is now spent. We're not getting it back. Well, we're not getting it back instantly. We'll get it back, you know, in the regular way by, you know, doing adventures and having fun. Which we're going to do anyway, so no big deal there. Alright, adventures. Alright, let's explore the city. Is it Blade Square again? The Shattered Skull Part 4 A Thief in the Night. Your attempt to retrieve one of the two shards of the Iron Skull leads you into the Guard Tower in the City of Traffic, uninvited, onto the cover of night. Start the adventure. Embark on this adventure. So it begins. Different paths. You may wish to play through this event- adventure scenario more than once, as there are different paths to victory. If you wish to replay the adventure, be sure to abandon it before reaching the end and saving the game. Well, we can't. There is no abandoned link any more, so you just have to quit. The hour following midnight finds you lurking about on the dark, deserted street, only, only a short distance from the guard tower, in which you believe lies one or two of the missing shards of the iron skull. Only a couple of nights ago, you watched as the mercenary guard, who picked up the skull fragment in Blade Square, stepped into the tower. Since then, you've watched the tower day and night. And tonight, it decided that tonight you will make your way into the well-guarded structure and retrieve the Shard of the Iron Skull. For what you've been able to determine based on your observations of the tower over the past two days, guards stationed here are all mercenaries, part of the large and controversial army of hide sawes The thing Poland has used, with remarkable success... To restore Lord Order to some of the more lawless sections of the cities. The trouble with the mercenaries, as you've come to realise, is they are at times a violent, wooly lot who, who owe, owe more loyalty and decency to their paymaster, the Thane, than the citizens in Twythic, included yourself. Realising that Dawn is uh, but a few scant hours away, Decide that now is the time to make your move. You're determined to find your way. Into the tower. And and to the missing piece of the iron skull. Alright. There are a lot of ways through this. So I'm just going to use. I'm going to play through this a few times. Just just so we can see different options. In fact we might even just keep playing through it. (laughs) Alright, so I'll just use random.org to choose my options, so do I wait do I wait some continuous ways and watch or attempt to gain entry into the tower? Generate the number. Alright, I'm attempting to gain entry into the tower. From a safe distance, near the mouth of the narrow alley. You carefully studied the guards tower, hoping to discover some way of gaining entrance. You're about to move closer, when suddenly the tower's do- main doors open. A single guard ascends the steps in front of the imposing structure. The base of the stairs, the guard checks over his equipment before turning and moving along the street in your direction. You duck into the alley and resolve to see if the guardsman knows anything about the fragment of the iron skull. Goal you seek. As the lone mercenary approaches the mouth of the alley, Dally, you wholly determine your next course of action. All right, I've got some options. i us just attack the guard. You could use diplomacy, unarmed combat or illusion. I'm going to use diplomacy. 16 XP to diplomacy. Your sudden appearance at the mouth of the alley startles the lone guard, and he swiftly demands to know what you're doing out in violation of the city's curfew. You spin a masterful tale, that not only provides pause. Plausible excuse for your 8 night scroll through the city, but also gradually turns the conversation to the guard tower and then the iron skull. The bearded mercenary seems somewhat taken aback by your inquiry regarding the piece of the iron skull, but he quickly tells you that his fellow guards returned to the tower with such an item only a couple of nights ago. He let a few of us see it, he tells you. He tucked, he's he's tucked away, he's tucked it away so a commander wouldn't take note of it. I think he's up to trying to sell it to someone. Don't know what the value is to it. There is to it. She might know more about it than I would. You ask the guard if he knows where the piece of the skull is being kept, and he nods. Told me he stashed it away in the old storeroom. He says, very top of this tower. No one goes up there, mind you. It's the perfect place to keep it out of sight. You thank the guard for the information, and before he has a chance to ask you any questions regarding your interest in your school, you turn and dart off along the alley. He calls after you, but does not give pursuit. After a few moments, he moves away, presumably to resume his lonely patrol of the deserted streets. Surprised by his willingness to part with the information, and equally impressed by your own skill in eliciting it, you step back onto the street and turn your attention to figuring a way out way turn your attention to figuring out a way to get into the tower. Alright. Having discovered the whereabouts of the skull fragments, you're now more determined than ever to find some way into the tower to reclaim the missing item. With this in mind, you step out of the alley as you attempt to decide upon your next course of action. Main door, or other way in? You know what? Let's do another way in. Three alleys spill out behind the guard tower, forming a small, dismal, rubbish-strewn courtyard at the rear of the imposing structure, casting your gaze upwards along the back wall of the tower. You are elated by the sight of a balcony protruding from the wall about halfway up. You can make out the shape of a door at the rear of the balcony. The balcony juts out from the side of the tower at a rather perilous height, making you wonder if be wise to even attempt to somehow reach it. right, that's so. Main door. Why go for this dangerous... This dangerous, ill, dangerous, not particularly climbable balcony? Well, Well, let's go for the balcony then. You spend a few moments carefully studying the tower wall as you attempt to determine the safest and most effective way to reach the balcony. Well, are there th- there's four options here, but I can only take two. There's gating. And telekinesis and conjuration both require, require you to level it up to above 70. And no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to level them up too. Especially when there's another option. Just use gating. Succeeded. 32 experience to gating. You call upon your power of gating. And a silent, swirling black portal opens next to you. With your eyes focused above. You step into the inky vortex. And are quickly enveloped in darkness. Only moments late, however. You emerge from a second portal. And find, much to delight. That you are now standing on the balcony. You have safely reached the balcony handy All right, yeah okay, probably the most dangerous part you breathe a sigh of relief as you set foot on the balcony and peer down on the ground far below much your surprise and delight the door set into the wall at the rear of the small balcony is not locked i mean why would you lock it i mean who's gonna come in there have to be some sort of master thief All have the power to open gates! (laughs) After listening at the door for several minutes and hearing nothing beyond the thick wooden portal, you slowly and cautiously push it open. With your every sense alert for the first sign of possible danger, you step through the open doorway and into the tower. Moving through the tower, notice proves to be no simple task. With the mercenaries who inhabit this bastion of law and order seemingly everywhere, you move slowly but confidently, keeping your head turned away from any guards you pass, and nodding curtly in response to the few greetings you receive. Without incident, you find yourself on you find your way to the stairs that lead up to the second level of the tower and promptly ascend them. You're nearing the end of the main corridor on the second level when the two guards suddenly step into view and move purposely in your direction. The two men greet you and then, not not having recognised your face firmly, but politely inquire about the nature of your business here, picking a number. Bonus of 49. 20 from mind, 10 from luck, 19 from diplomacy. Pick now. 76. The guards are not impressed with your story. The two men gruffly demand that you come with them and weep their commander to see what see what he makes of your tale. Alright, so I can attack the guardsmen, which, honestly, they haven't actually done anything bad. They just picked up a, well, at most, they picked up a random thing. That was just lying in the street unclaimed. And there's nothing sinister about that. So, you know, I'm going to go quietly with the two guards. You are led through a series of passages up, up a small flight of steps that ends at a door, from beneath which escapes a wide patch of golden light. The guard rapps loudly on the door, and a loud, but if not unpleasant voice calls out for them to enter. One of the guardsmen pushes the door open and you're brought into a small lamp lit chamber. A grey haired man in a chain in a change chained shirt on the left side of the wound rises from a, from a, behind a table, and sets down a steaming mug of paleo. The guards address this man as their commander and present you to him, complete with a story of how they found you lurking lurking about in the tower. In the presence of the two guardsmen, the mercenary captain, one of the many employed by Thane Pond in an attempt to maintain law and order traffic, asks you to identify yourself and state your business. You're reluctant to tell the man truth, not what, knowing whether or not you can trust the hired wire, and you repeat the story you told the other guards with regretfully less, and less success. Suddenly, the commander's eyes open wide, and he stares at you with a look of disbelief. He steps outside the room with the two guards and lowers the door, leaving leaving you on your own in the chamber. A few moments later, the two guards return, but the commander was suspiciously absent. You ask the guards what has begun with them. They tell you not to worry, and all this will be sorted out soon enough. Much to your surprise, one of the guards moves over to the shelf next to the table and touches the side of a metal pot. Still quite hot, he says, retrieving the wooden mug from the same shelf and pouring a steaming serving of paleo into the crude vessel. You're quite taken aback when he hands the drink to you. You'll be sorted out, I'm quite sure, he says, nodding as you thank him for the paleo. Hey, okay. Maybe this won't... Maybe this won't end being sent to some sort of black site. For a better part of an hour, you wait in the commander's chamber with the two guardsmen who brought you here. You exchange a few words with the mercenaries, but unable to find out exactly what is going on. Suddenly, just when your patience has begun to wear thin, the door to the room flies open and a tall man in a grey tunic and cloth breeches strides into the room with the grey-haired commander flowing closely at his heels. Instantly recognised a broad-shouldered man with a gold, short golden-cropped beard is not other than Thane Polland himself! And by the looks of it, he has been roused from slumber. Yes, this is indeed Sir Crokington, you doubt the toad thing, says Thane Polland, regarding you with a friendly smile and a nod and then turning a ferocious scowl upon the guard commander. She is to be released immediately, and you are quite fortunate that she has been gracious enough to stay, to stay her hand in the light of this most unsavory turn of events. The commander attempts to explain himself and the actions of his gut, but the fane holds up his hand, earning an immediate silence. The best and most prudent of intentions, without a doubt, off my old friend, he says, softening his demeanour and placing his hand on the shoulder of the grey haired companion. No I've no doubt you can tell me all about it after dawn has broken. If you would be so kind as to excuse us, I will escort Sir Croakington out, and probably return myself to this wonderful dream "'but all but forgotten. You bid farewell to Commander and his guards, and leave the town in the company of Thane Parton, yes. Yes, it is very nice to have friends in high places. Very convenient. I mean, if I wasn't friends with Thane Pond. Hmm. Yeah, this this would this may well have come to blows. The Thane's coach and the and driver wait right at the pace of the guard tower steps, and when you're halfway down the stairs, he turns and regards you with a questioning look. In a rather blunt manner, not unexpected, by those who routinely deal with the overlord of Twithic, he asks what it was you were doing in the Guard Tower, and at such a late hour. With no desire to distort the truth to the fame. You tell him, in a politely abbreviated form, of your encounter with the Necromancer in Blade Square, and your mission to recover the missing piece of the Iron Skull from the Guard Tower. He nods when you finish the brief, but but thorough narrative, and tells you to wait by his coach. The thane then turns and strides back into the tower. Emerging just a short while later, the black cloth bundle tucked under his arm. He joins you, you at the door of his coach, and hands you the bundle. There. I made just a few inquiries, and I believe everything is in order now, he says, smiling. He unfurled the cloth, and relays you to discover the iron skull fragment. All right, I now have two-thirds of the iron skull. Yes, you now need only the remaining third to complete the skull. And I assume it'll just magically, magically put itself back together, because artifacts like this usually do that. You... You thank the Thane and admit to him that you're amazed at how fast he was able, able to procure the item. Well, even a unruly lot of mercies will step up to it when I ask, he says, smirking. For a fleeting moment, you sense just the slightest set trace of jubilant pride pride in the Thane's normally stoic expression. Without a doubt, the overlord of Trithic seems rather pleased with himself. Well... He's both their lord and their boss. So when your boss and and your lord says uh, D- do something you, you do that thing, especially if it's let's face it not, not particular bother to them. Thank Po and Toshi doesn't wish you to tell him anything more about the business you find yourself involved in. And he trusts, as he trusts you completely, he does not want to compromise any of your efforts. You can tell me all about it when he's done, he says, yawning. As for this very, as for this very moment, I shall return to the blessed seclusion of sleep and leave you. And leave the west of the wakeful to your doings. I wish you luck in your endeavour, friend, and ask that you try to keep out of trouble. At least trouble that requires my rousting at such an ungodly hour. And don't forget the curfew. You beat him in a shoulder cross before setting off on your way. As you move along the street away from the guard tower, the clatter of the Thane's cloaked wheels flayed into the distance behind you. With two-thirds of the iron skull now in your possession, your thoughts immediately turn to the recovery of the final piece as you move through the dark streets of the Adderstone. You begin to wonder how you will go about finding the Necromancer, in whose foul clutches west, the final shard of the artifact that the Archmage you on is so keen to reacquire. Passing along the edge of the deserted Blade Square, a dreadful thought suddenly strikes you. You wonder if perhaps it is you who will be found. With this unpleasant thought stirring your mind, And every shadow now seemingly harbouring unknown danger. You pick up your pace as you hurry to get out of the night. 384 experience to general. Okay. Uh, Admittedly, I can't... I really can't beat that ending. I mean, there are other endings. You could just steal it. You can fight some guards. You can... You can... You can steal a tabard. You can just sneak in... Go through the front door... Go through the balcony... Lots... And lots... And lots of options in this quest... Lots... I mean... I I don't know... I could probably do... I could probably do... An episode... Or maybe even two... Just... Detailing them all... But... You know what? If you want to see how the other options go... Because this is my favourite one. I like this option. Nobody gets hurt, which is a bl- which is a nice change from the previous two two scenarios. Where a lot of people got hurt. Yes. So I I am taking this option option as the way it goes. The unpleasant thoughts still in your mind, and every shadow now seemingly harboring unknown danger. Pick up your pace, it's a to get out of the night. Anyway, that ends this adventure for 384 experience to general. And then the next part, I think that's at the city gates, and it's the Shattered Skull part 5 The Ghosts of Palemore. And that is a, a, like most of the time, when you have the final chapter of a saga in games like in most games, it's a much chunkier scenario. So, which will get its own episode. Now, if you want to see other options of how that, that one plays out, well, you can listen to the other. The other version of this poker, other my me playing through that scenario with another character, and I'll, I'll probably link to that below. But anyway, until we go until we go off to pale more, farewell, fellow adventurers.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.